This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Welcome to a special edition of that Millwall podcast. It's a brand new podcast all about Millwall, putting the world to rights by Millwall. Uh, we're joined tonight by my partner in crime, Omar. Hello, Omar. Evening, Mickey. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. And we've got a special guest, Lee. Hello, Lee. Hey, Mickey. You all right, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So, again, um, as as we saw on Twitter earlier, Lee, you've been sent home because you dared cough in the office. Oh, do you know what, mate? It's been actually a nightmare, don't it? I spent four hours on the road action on the M6 while I'm in Birmingham. And, uh, yeah, as you say, I, I walked in the office, uh, a bit of a croaky voice you can probably hear, a couple, couple of sneezes, a couple of snivels, and uh, I'm literally, the office is vacated. And the next thing I know, I've got a call from HR and had a bit of self-isolate, work remote for seven days. So, get my cell phone back down to London, switch on Netflix, and I mean my laptop, of course. And, uh, yeah, just uh, crack on for... For the rest of the week. I suppose if you'd have gone to football on Saturday, you could have blagged that your voice was croaky because of the football. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, got no excuse. Oh, my boys play Sunday, but I'm not too sure I'm going to get away with that one. Yeah, no, that's it, I suppose. Well, Omar, we won't say who, but Omar works for a, a high-profile football organisation, not Millwall, and um, and you had a, a bit of a turfed out last week, didn't you, mate? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've got the old tackle uh, the shoulder top of this building quite urgently. So, uh, you know, just obviously skate around, inspecting everyone at the moment. I, I, I mean, I put out earlier, obviously, on the account that, you know, if, you know, what if the football does get cancelled, I mean, speaking to Barney earlier, we were talking that potentially football might not come back possibly till later on this year. Um, and if it does, you know, the, the financial burden on the clubs is going to be horrific. So, you know, we've... Everyone's say, oh, I want a refund and all that. I think at the moment it's probably best just to leave it alone and, and move forward. I mean, Lee, would you want your do you want your refund for your season ticket back now or are you 
you're not really fussed. You paid the money, and it is what it is. Nah, that's it, mate. I mean, listen, we, 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 we've got to realise and be realistic where we are. We're not a Premier League club with billions of pounds being ploughed into, into the business. You know, we, we are a club. We are, we are a club that you know is uh, going to be a little bit of tight in, in the comments, particularly in this stage where you're not going to have state um, receipts coming in. So I think us fans need to just uh, appreciate that. And listen, I think we're all getting carried away at the moment. It's only been suspended for three weeks, so we. we uh, I know the chances are it's going to go on a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, listen, what is it? You know, three, three or four home games left on the season ticket. I'm not the one, you know, screaming about a refund, that's for sure, Mick. I mean, I spoke to Barney earlier, and Barney reckons that come tomorrow, um, potentially the uh, Euros 2020 are going to be cancelled. So. Yeah, I think that's, that's the right thing to do, isn't it? It's, you know, I'm not being funny, but. The, the, the football season, domestic season, anywhere around the world, they underpin the internationals. So for me, as, as I put out on Twitter early on, the domestic season's got to come first. You've got to finish that. And then, in my mind, Euro 2020 has got to become Euro 2021. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, and also, it's always club before country, isn't it, really? 100%. So, yeah. I mean, Omar, what's your views on, on the season ticket then? You, you, you want your money back or are you happy just to, to see what's what and go forward? Yeah, lots of, I mean, you put your money into the club, obviously, because, you, you know, you want to go see the games, you want to be there, and you want to support the club, really. So, it's in the least, this is back of my mind completely about what happens with the ticket and if I get money back, to be honest with you. I think, um, I do think, sneakily, that the season will finish. I don't know when it will finish, but I think we will get a full season out of it still. So, I think to suggest getting the money back and refund is the last thing on our mind at the moment. I think you're right. I think the, I think the season has to finish. Whether or not it'll have a long delay or not, which I think possibly it will, talking to Barney earlier, possibly will, but we're under, under the uh, agreement that the season has to finish purely because of the financial contributions for sponsors, etc, etc. I mean, I don't think the FA and alike, um, and also the clubs, can afford to give money back to their sponsors if they suddenly stop the season now. I know there's only five home games, but um, the potential is a lot of money going back to people if they, if they don't continue it. Yeah, that's it, Mick. I think also, like, uh, also, like, you don't know how the season's going to finish with teams in the relegation zone. Also, we just won't be quite off the play. So, talk of scrapping the season now, I think um, I'd much rather they kind of move the goalposts for next season. So, maybe they say next season every team plays each other once or twice, or uh, the turnaround will be, or what the impact will have on the logistics. But I think the last option will be cancelling the current season. Lee, you got a view on the on the cancelling? You you want it to go on? It's got to go on, Mick. I mean, I'm hearing loads of solutions, and people are saying that they're, they're cutting dead now, and whoever's finishing in the top two go up, whoever's finishing bottom three go down. It's just just one solution. But at the end of the day, what you've got to take into consideration is there's a few teams in in, in the division that have got games in hand yeah. because of the weather postponements as it is. So you know, it's going to be unfair in there. And you've got us, you know, as a side that you know, think we pick up a bit of momentum now. So who's to say over the next, you know, however long there is, what, nine games? Yeah. You know, Preston seem to be you know, running out of steam a little bit, as did Bristol City. So we can easily nick a top six spot. So, as I said, you know, it, it's got to continue. When it does, don't know. But it, 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 as I just said there, it, it's got to happen. I mean, Barney, Barney came up with something earlier, what you he said he's heard, what they're talking about. He's basically turning the leagues rather than playing um, the rest of the games. He's turning it into a sort of playoff tournament. Um, where the top half and the bottom half um, play mixed games to obviously see who finishes top and who finishes bottom. Um, I don't know how that would really work, um, but again, I suppose on a fan's point of view, uh, uh, you know, individual cup final sort of games with a group of them could be a lot more interesting. But I don't know what's, your, what's both your views on that. I mean, I'd rather see us um, just, I, I mean, I don't know when it's going to finish. I think it's probably going to be extended more and we probably won't see a game of football probably for another couple of months. But even if they say, we'll have our summer, we'll get the Euros and then we'll start season in July or something. And then, as I said, next season, just change the circumstances. I think, to me, that's the only logical outcome of it. I mean, the idea of a playoff for like relegation or a playoff for all the playoffs, I mean, that sounds exciting, don't get me wrong, but I, just, I don't see it being feasible, especially with like, the impact of teams on trading. I think, obviously, Mill was doing four days four days on, four days off, I think I saw. But I know some clubs are doing two weeks off at the moment, and they're not back for the next couple of weeks. So, I think the impact it's going to have is quite big, obviously, on the clubs and the squads. But I, 
just I don't see it being logical to get rid of the season. It's got to be either a shootout, like you said, or continue next season. No, I agree with that. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think the problem is, is that I think a lot of possibly we've speaking to a few people, a lot of Division One, Division Two football um, could possibly go to the wall. The fact that now they've cancelled lower league or, or you know the league Dulwich Hamlets in is showing the seriousness of the event. I mean the um, the news conference earlier from Boris with what he's suggesting now. Um, I can't see them putting anything back in action right now. But again, I, I just I don't know what everyone's going to do or, or or you know do. Does kids football still go? I mean, Lee, you run a, a kids team. What's what's what have you heard for the rules for that at the moment? Literally about an hour ago, we got a statement come out saying um, all grassroots football is uh, is So the kids must be absolutely gutted. Oh, devastated. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I mean, it was bad enough on Saturday. At least they had the games on Sunday to look forward to, you know, going out there playing themselves. Um, but on Saturday, you know, sitting at home, you know, talking to, to my wife, you know, trying to figure out what we're going to do. I mean, we can do... You know, not the kids nuts. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. As you know, they've got three boys that, you know, take down the wall. Yeah. You know, it was just... Uh, it gets home. They don't feel like Saturday. They know what doing themselves, if I'm honest. That's it, and I suppose, you know, it's... A lot of the kids, I think, are going to find this all this stuff hard if there's, you know, looking at earlier, Neil Fizz have put out the, the um, rugby's all stopped now for five weeks. Um, you know, football stopped. Speaking to Barney earlier, he reckons that cricket is going to be absolutely fucked. Um, you know, it, 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 it's not looking good for football, but... One thing what we picked up on earlier when I was speaking to Barney, and, uh, and I'd be interested to get your both your views on it because you're probably subscribers, is what about Sky Sports? What, what you know, I mean, are they going to have to give you refunds? Because if you're paying for football... I, don't, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. Like, I think even the impact I was thinking on Saturday, like, everyone loves a bit of a gamble on the football. Like, companies like that, the impact it's going to have on them financially. And like you mentioned about Sky Sports... money though I suppose on the on the on the downside but yeah I mean I mean Lee what would you see with with Sky and BT Sport and and our old friends at Talk Talk Sport I mean you know unfortunate for Talk Sport really gutted for him but I don't know if they can do what they're doing for you know for an indefinite period because it'll be get fucking boring and people swatch shows I think yeah, I've been listening to Talk Sport bigger. They're, they're really struggling, aren't they? Um, listen to the Britain show this morning. I think Alan Brazil just rather, I think he's standing better than he ain't even in the interest. He had the old substitute Max Ruster in this morning. He didn't know what to talk about, did he? But, but now getting um, on, on to the point, uh, and I put the tweet out yesterday myself, you know, do, do we get refunds from your Skies, your BTs, and the, the other um, outlets on, on, on sport? If, if, if there's no sport on telly, then what we pay for? I mean, it is expensive out there. I mean, at the end of the day, you walk in a cafe and you ask for a full English and you, you get an empty plate of knife and fork, you're not going to be paying for it, are you? You're not going to want to be paying for it. So, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to work it out, Mick. I, I, I read in the paper today that, you know, that the Premier League clubs could be, you know, forced to pay back £20 million in, in, in money. So, if they're expensive back there, then obviously that's got to filter down to us as, the, as their customers. So, uh, yeah, not sure, sure how it's going to pay out. I mean, it's something which obviously, you know, is going to be in the in the Barney um, podcast, which, you know, have a listen to and whatnot for those listening to this one, if you haven't listened to it yet. But one point where he re- picked up on was that football saved Murdoch um, and Sky back in the day because literally they were hemorrhaging money so much and then they got football and it sort of revitalised them and all that. But obviously now Sky is owned by Comcast, which is... Um, an organisation that isn't going to want to hemorrhage money um, and obviously sponsorship, advertising, your subscriptions, they're definitely not going to get any more subscriptions over the next few months, you know, with Sky. Maybe Sky will come down in price, there might be a benefit there. But Barney was saying there is, you know, 
there is massive possibilities that Sky could, um, Sky Sports could possibly become a victim of its own success and focusing everything on football when the football goes. Because you think BT has rugby, BT's got the wrestling now. There ain't really a lot left for Sky, um, apart from, I suppose, boxing. But again, you know, boxing could end up being cancelled. I mean, I, I'm going to catch up with Johnny Garton this week and see what news he knows. But, you know, he's got a fight at the beginning of April. Um, that could be off now. And, you know, he's on the undercard of the big bout. So, I mean, potentially that could be off now. Yeah, I think um, everything and anything that's going to have a bit of a crowd at the games, I think um, it's just not going to be an ongoing. And obviously, it's going to be a big hit, like you said, mate. And it's hard to say what the impact could be, really. Um, honestly, I think it's, it's just going to be a case of everything's collapsing, everything's going to go down. But I think, I guess they've got to see it coming and they'll have something in place. I, I mean, I hope they do, because otherwise they're in trouble. They're all fucked. <laughs> no, that's it. And look, let's... Let's lift the tone a little bit, um, rather than it being all doom and gloom, because I, I don't think coronavirus is going to be as bad as it is. I think a lot of people are panicking over nothing. I've not gone out, and hopefully um, probably the same for you, I've not gone out and bulk buy uh, toilet roll pasta, paracetamol, uh, tins of soup or anything else. I've, I've pretty much got enough what I need, um, and when I need more, I'll, I'll get it. My corner shop is selling toilet roll ration, but he's, he's got toilet roll and everything else. He's happy to sell it to everybody. So, I mean, no dire straits yet. But as this is a fairly new show with me and, me and uh, Omar and whatnot, and we're, we're coming out, Lee, your views on, on the appointment of um, Rowlett, or Rowlett, Rowlett, yeah, sorry, my, my tongue won't move there. But what's your um, what's your opinion on the new manager? Well, listen, he's, um, he's got off to a great start, and he, I mean, listen, b- b- before we go anywhere, you, you, you've got to appreciate, I, I know it got a little bit sour, you know, towards the end, but you've got to appreciate what Neil Harris done, you know, considering where he took home from, the mess that Ian Holloway left. He rebuilt the club, but at the end of the day, um, everything's got a, um, a sell-by date in life, and he took the club as far as it can go, and, you know, recruited well in the summer, but we just needed someone to come in with, a, you know, with fresh ideas, you know, a little bit more experience, He'll take us up to that next level, and that's exactly what he's done. You know, I, I, I go every game, you know, make, you know, don't miss an home game, go most away games. You know, we, we start to, to 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 pick up now. You know, different formations. You know, we, we're not you know the same four four two long ball diags every week. So, you know, we're a pretty tough team to to suss out, and I think that's been the, the key to success. You know, a little bit more variety in the play. You know, the football's a, a lot more entertaining. I think he's he's bringing the best out of some of the players that maybe. Neil couldn't quite. Uh, I mean, you've got to look at Romeo. I mean, we we all we all know there is talent there in Romeo. Uh, and listen, I've criticised him enough in the past, but credit where credit's due, he, he's definitely the most improved player in the squad. And, and I think Rowett's done that to a lot of the players. You know, he, he's taken in, them up individually, but more importantly as a, as a group. So playing some good football, enjoying it, and uh, yeah, it's just as I said, it's just a shame that it's all come to to an abrupt end at the moment because. Uh, I was hoping that, you know, after that forest win, that was going to kick us on. Omar? Yeah, I mean, I can't echo all what's been said there, really. I mean, it's just refreshing, isn't it? I mean, I, for one, was also a massive fan of Neil Harris, and I loved the work he'd done for us, really. Obviously, not only as a player, um, but to come back as a manager with that pressure and turn around the club the way he did, you, you can't fault it. And I think he himself, obviously, stepped away when he did, knew it was his time to go. And I think it's just refreshing with Rowett. He comes out after the game, he doesn't, we all got kind of fed up with the own spiel of Harris of like, you know, I can't fault their character. It was less about the game, more about trying to take over maybe the cracks that were starting to appear. But Rowett's come in and just basically changed everything. And there's just confidence about the place. You go into games feeling confident, going up to Nottingham on that Friday night, even after the full run of February we had, you just got there fancy enough to get a result. And obviously, three off after half hour, I mean, it led to a good night afterwards, basically. So, but, I mean, that's it. You can't fault Rowett and you've done well. And obviously, like I said, Shame this happened where it's now where's we've got a hole, but I feel like it's going to come back and I don't think the season's going to end. And only two points away from the playoffs, and you've got you know a little bit of a break for the like players like Thompson to come back from injury. Um, it, it's open for us if it comes back, and I fancy us both being sneaky in there. I mean, Lee, you said Romeo. I mean, do you think that's probably the one player what's completely changed under Gary, or do you think that there's a couple of players what seem to have? Um, really enhanced because he does have a plan B and he's not afraid 10 minutes ago when we're drawing to actually go out there and go, you know, 
and win it or fuck it. You know, he, he's got that attitude, which is great, especially especially at Millwall. It's what we want. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I picked Romeo out because I think he he does stand out in terms of the improvements. But but you're right. You know, he's not the only one. Uh, as I said, you know, I think he's lifted the whole group, improved the whole group. I think a few of the players have come out. I'm, I'm sure Jed's come out. Sean Williams has come out and said, you know, they brought in new ideas and they're doing different things. And they, they they've learned a lot from him. You know, I also like um, his, uh, his his number two on, on the side, yeah. uh, Callum. What's his What's his name, Callum? Callum Davidson, yeah. I mean, I sit right by the dugout and his passion, you know, know, that's that's, that's all, you know, we want Dan Bill. It's like he's a fan, you know, the way he celebrates every goal and, you know, he's up there screaming if he ain't doing things quite right. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, the pair of them have come in and, you know, as I said, that's taken us to another level there, definitely. Who do you think's enhanced since he's been on there, Neymar? You've got to say for the whole squad, I mean, I think Wallace personally, for me, it's, he's obviously Wallace was always our talisman and our best best player. But I think what necessarily he's not necessarily what he's done. It's more so bringing everyone else up, and it takes less pressure away from the likes of Wallace. And I think you've got, like you mentioned, Romeo, he stood out. Um, obviously, Cooper is a man mountain and keeps playing games and keeps showing out minutes and seems to be improving more and more. I think with the Derby away, where he ran down the left hand side and done a little amazing dribble, and you, you don't expect that. I think it's. That's it, it's just the confidence he's put in on all the players, to be honest. And um, I mean, I, even if nothing happens and, you know, we go into next season, I, you just feel confident with Rowett in charge. And it just, like, there's full of energy and there's always a different plan in place depending on who we're playing. Um, but yeah, I think everyone's improved to the team. You can't fault anyone, really. I mean, I, I agree with what both of you said, really, about Harris. I think Harris was good. I think the trouble is with someone like Harris coming into a position what he did after being a club legend and, and after carrying a, a lot of respect um, from the fans within the club for as many years as he has, he was always up against it from, from the first day he come in. Um, you always get the boo boys, you can't change them and the, and the haters and everyone else. But I do honestly believe that Harris made the right decision. I mean, you know, if you speak to people, Harris's family was being abused online. Um, on Facebook, etc., etc., which I think is probably not right um, in any way, and I'm not going to in any way condone that. But football does invoke a, a, a special passion, um, what doesn't get seen in any other sport. So I think moving on is was the correct move for him. I think he needs to be careful with what he says at, at Cardiff, um, you know, and, and don't really forget where he's come from. Um, but you know what? Good luck to him if, you know, as long as as long as he does well, but don't do better than us and don't beat us, I, I, I'm happy for him to carry on being a legend and and stamping on going forward. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. The other, I mean, while we're talking, I mean, there's been a few developments within Millwall and all that. I mean, I'm not a massive fan, and obviously AMS broke the um, body cams the um, the last home game a couple of weeks back, um, and. You said that you sit right next to the dugout, Lee, and obviously there's been cameras put on the on the corner of the dugout now. I mean, what's your views with with stewards having body cams now? Allegedly, after AMS brought it out, allegedly um, it was only a trial. But again, what's your views on body cams being being worn constant record at football? Then I see. Um, I did see the picture of the uh, the CCTV on the uh, dugout. I think that's the away dugout. I've certainly not noticed it on the own one. Um, in terms of the stewards, yeah, it seems to be a new thing over the last couple of games. Not too sure. There seems to be cameras popping up here, there, and everywhere. It just seems to be the the way the world these days. You know, um, they, they, even your traffic wards are only local estates, and local bodies have got as well, aren't they? So different, uh, different rules. I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm not, yeah, not, 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 not a fan of it. I mean, I, I think at least the club should have put out a statement, you know, um, saying that, you know, this is going to be put in place. It just seems to have sneaked up on people. It just seems a bit of a sneaky move on the slide, if I'm honest. I agree. A bit like the a bit like the sniffer dogs. Look, you know, there is a problem with drugs and that in football. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and deny it, but, you know, each to their own. If they want to do it, they do it. But I think that in trapping people to a degree is not right. I mean, one thing I spoke with um, when I was found on the board before I ended up leaving is that if they do the drug dogs again, they need to have an amnesty box. 
Um, at least that way, people aren't going to risk getting nicked. You know, it's fucking South Bermondsey for fuck's sake. It's it's all cash and, and powder for a lot of people down that way. So you can't really change that overnight. But I think I think what you hit there was correct. I think what the club needs to do is be a bit more transparent. Is actually, you know, if you tell people what's going on, then I think they'd be all right with it. When it comes as a shock, I think that's what gets the fans' backs up and and that's where you end up having issues. Yeah, I agree with you, Mickey. I think that's it. Like the key is transparency, and you know, if, if they're going to employ something or they're going to try to push something forward, you want everyone on side with you. You don't want to be kind of you alienate yourself that way. If you're going to try and bring stuff on without mentioning it or you know being at least clear about it and informing people. Well, the club also uh, have got that risk as well. You know, at the end of the day, the fans are the lifeblood of the club. So. Like you say, be transparent. You know, let people know that you know there's the sniffer dogs there. Let people know there's going to be cameras on the on the stewards. And then if people decide then to do what they want to do, you know, that's that's their option. You know, that's that's at their own risk. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And I think a lot of the problems we have is that we, you know, another issue is bothering a lot of people. Um is the amount of day trippers we have now, the amount of tourists we have coming to football, is not, you know, it's good for the club financially, but for a fan's point of view, um, you've got people who are coming what's possibly never supported football and never really been to football and then come to Millwall thinking that we've got this um, status and then end up doing stupid things thinking it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's been right, I think... um... You obviously want the club to grow. You want the club to attract more interest. And obviously you want it to be a certain type of interest, especially when it's a club like Millwall. But it's a thin line. I think obviously you're right. You get people that turn up and try to live up to the bravado there and try and, you know, give themselves a name when in reality it makes us look bad. But I don't know. I, I personally don't mind more people coming. But obviously it's just, like you say, like doing it the right way and um, obviously not rubbing people the wrong way. It's a, it's a fucking... I just think it's a fucking ball, eh, mate? You get too many there, and they... I mean, there's been a few foreign teams where they um, where they kick off, so yeah, it is it is what it is, I suppose. But you're never going to change it, unfortunately. I suppose it's... I believe that the cameras and everything else, the club's got to do it to protect themselves because the FA has bent them over backwards over time. Um, I don't think they've ever really got over the Wembley status. We do have idiots who do things and draw attention to ourselves, but... Unfortunately, I think while there's still a uh, um, a law within football which says that you've got to, you know, keep your fans in, in control, which I think is impossible. If one person wants to shout out something, you're never going to stop that. And while that law's still there, unfortunately, the clubs are um, continually to get fined, and they're going to have to do stuff to do it. I mean, you know, the club had the bollocking over the um, the Everton game. And then there was like a 16-point plan what they've had to put in by the FA. They spent quarter of a million pound on uh, on a new camera system. They had to spend loads of money fighting the case and everything else. And you're thinking, that money could just be used to buy players, etc., etc., etc. So I think, you know, unfortunately, they are up against it. And a lot of things they have to do to protect themselves or protect us as well. Um and while that goes on, I think yeah, I think it's just the current world now. You have to you have to end up rather than being innocent till proven guilty, you're now guilty until proven innocent, and and you have to you have to prove your innocence really. Yeah, sorry, sorry, mate. Yeah, I just just want to pick up on your point there, because you just mentioned uh, Everton, and uh, you mentioned Wembley as well. Yeah, you know, when we've got our average 
what, 11, 12,000 these days, home games every week. You know, there's hardly anything that goes on. You know, and then all of a sudden you get an extra 20,000, 25,000, you know, tag on to, to go to Wembley. Um, and then, you know, it, it, then also you get another, you know, six, seven, eight thousand uh, when we've got Everton over in the FA Cup. That's when the trouble occurs. And listen, you talk about day trippers. It, it, it's, it is an issue that I, listen, I don't want to, you know, people start coming down and start saying, you know, you're sitting in my seat. We're not that type of club. We sit where we want. You know, I, I, I get acts off when, you know, I, when you go to the away ground, people trying to, you know, the stewards try to ask you into your seat. Listen, mate, I'm sitting where I want. That's, that's what we do. But no, to pick up on your point, Nick, it's what happens is the only time we get that trouble is, is when you get those extra thousands there. And, and, you, and sometimes you've got to ask yourself, is it Millwall? Is it Millwall fans? Or is it, as you say, people coming along because of that reputation? I remember a little while back on Sky Sports News, and uh, the, the, I think it was the Scunthorpe keeper that was, a, that was attacked or someone whispered in his ear or shouted in his ear as he's leaving the pitch. I think it was in a playoff game. Yeah. And it was um, on Sky Sports News, and someone was saying that he's you know, a Millwall fan jumping in his face. Now, listen, I'm not going to mention no names, but out of my pal, you know, he certainly ain't a... Uh, a Millwall fan, he's been Arsenal all his life. Uh, but because he was there at the time on the pitch, that was it. You know, Millwall got uh, dragged through the mud. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my view on it. You know, but every every home game we're there with, you know, your average 11,000, 12,000 fans, nothing seems to happen. No, no, that's it. I mean, we don't get no fan. I mean, being from when I was fan on the board, I've seen um, a lot of shit and else. A lot of fans go off bands and, and some uh, have had to take the bands because they fucked up. But, and I think the club has, especially over the last year or so, um, and we've not always seen, you know, we've not even, we're not always seen the same way. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I will um, not attack, but I will defend the fans over the club if I don't think they've made the right decision, hence with the body cams. But the club does seem to be a bit more proactive now, attacking press. Um, I'm not going to mention their names, but I do know of of a couple of news organisations what got banned during the last season um, from the training grounds. Can't ban them from the ga- from the ground on on um, on match day because obviously they, they need to get and they're contracted to get a story and everything else. But you can stop the interviews at the training. And I do know of through Billy and Steve and whatnot who have um, banned certain organisations um, from coming when they've basically stitched them up. I think he's aware of, yeah, we maybe. There was um, when the BBC asked if they did, uh, yeah. asked me a couple of questions about taking uh, the kids down there. They made yeah. it out like they wanted to, you know, say what's it like, you know, being two generations of supporters going down the wall. And uh, you know, I, I thought about it, I'm an all about it. I spoke to you, I spoke to Steve Cavanaugh, and, and then I said, you know, yeah, let's, let's go on and do it. And then the first thing they do when they ring me up is ask me about the racing incidents at Everton. So. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I called it dead there. I said, "What interesting talking to them after that?" No, I mean that was. Steve pulled a plug on the interview. Yeah, no, that was it. That was basically. Uh, I'd there was a where was it? We played West Brom, um, and there's a guy who sits on. He does radio too now with Zoe, uh, Richard, Richie, something I can't think of his surname now. But basically, what happened? He approached me um, and said, "Look, you know, I really like the away crowds. You had really great atmosphere, etc., etc., etc." we'd like to do um, a piece. And I spoke to the club and said, look, you know, I want to, you know, organise this. Can we do it? Blah, blah, blah. And everything what they said to us was great. And give Billy his due. Billy was like, I'm a bit questionable because they want to do it on a Tuesday night. Why not on a Saturday afternoon? It's daylight. It's nice and bright and all that. And it was like, look, you know, let's look at it. I mean, there was um, Quincy was involved in it and whatnot. And, and it was going to be with his uncle and talk good stuff. And you, I got you, I, you know, I, I asked you, I put my reputation with you on the line and said, look, you know, do you want to help out because of the kids, all that? Because they wanted to take it on a family way. There was another um, another person who wanted to be involved who's on Twitter, quite vocal on Twitter, a mum and a family who go most games, they take their kids as well, get them involved, all good. And then we got the same from them, you know, well, they want to know about this. And then from you, it was the same. And, you know, me and Billy both decided that, you know, I said to him, um, I had many, many uh, a call with this Richie and the production team and the producer. And I said, look, you're stitching us up. I'm not getting involved. And then when they come back and we cancelled the, um, we cancelled it. And all of a sudden they were like, oh, well, we're still going ahead with it. And you're like, 
who they ended it ended up interviewing obviously Quincy and his uncle and whatnot and put it out on um Inside Out. That was what it's for, Inside Out. Yeah, and uh, and it was just it was just looking to be a hatchet job. I mean, you know, Panorama stitched us up in seventy seven and you know, they wanted to do a good story and ended up running it bad. And we've never really, you know, got rid of that. Uh, and I just think that the BBC as a whole, um, in the main corporation, just really don't get what Millwall's about and wanted to fuck us. I mean, the BBC sports side of it, Phil Parry, et cetera, et cetera, they're good guys. They're, they're good as gold. They see what Millwall's about and they're good guys. They really do, you know, help us out as best they can, et cetera, et cetera. But, the TV side of it, no, they, they wanted to fuck us. And as I spoke to you at the time, you know, as soon as we found out that, it was, been it, no, not interested. The fact that they wanted to do it on a Tuesday night just summed it really up, you know. They weren't interested in a good side of it. They wanted that dark, gloomy Tuesday night um, and go. So, yeah, Billy Paulden weren't, didn't give him any um, footage, any ground entrance or anything else. I refused all interview. I wouldn't even speak to him, didn't want my name in it um, with... with removed all consent um, and yet they still put it out because they got a couple of people who wanted to get in you didn't do it so that was good the other the other family didn't do it but uh, it just shows you've got to be so careful with getting involved I mean I've done another piece I've done a video with um, the Guardian Barney said look you know Guardian wants to do something do you want to be involved and I said yeah it was basically about football um, about you know Millwall being my church there was a Muslim guy there was a Christian guy it was really good and the piece was done. It was good. And there was good interaction between everyone and showings at independent film festivals. Got really great points, really good talking points, etc., etc. And then they didn't want to put it on their website because it wasn't gritty enough about Millwall. They, you know, it wasn't necessarily the nastiness of Millwall. Because, as you know, Millwall sells, Millwall sells papers. Millwall sells TV. People will click on it. It's clickbait. And that's what, you know, that's what everybody's after nowadays. And unfortunately... Um, you know, it's not there, but it is what it is. So you know, you can't change that, unfortunately. But you, you, um, unfortunately, Lee, you saw the dark side of the media, um, and you know, unfortunately, that's how it is. Really, that's what Millwall's got to put up with on a day-to-day basis. Really, yeah, unfortunately, mate. It's uh, as I said, it's come to the territory, did not it? And, you know, that that stigma's is it ever going to be removed? No, I don't think it is. Uh, but as I said, you know, sometimes we do just. Back into what you were saying earlier, you, know, you get your day trippers, and that's what they're coming along for. So, uh, but yeah, um, we go on, don't we? That's it, and I think you know all this racism and all this stuff. Actually, if you're Millwall, like you know. I mean, your brother played for Millwall, didn't he, Lee? And, you, and you've been going Millwall all your life, etc., etc., etc. Millwall is not a racist club. I mean, oh my, what your your um, Turkish descent are you? Or hello? Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. 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 Like, so, and I mean. Exactly. So, I mean, the thing is, is that I think when you go to Millwall, you go through the turnstile and it don't matter what colour you are. You can be red, yellow, green, black, green, whatever. No one gives a fuck. Everyone, you know, in Millwall's fans' eyes is all we care about is whether or not you're a cunt or not. Not whether or not you're a yellow, green, pink, blue, whatever. All we care is whether or not you're a cunt or not or you're Millwall. So, as far as we're concerned, you walk through the stand, you're blue, you're Millwall. And that's that's it. I don't think really that anyone sees um, sees colour. I don't think no, anyone I think sees it. it so, yeah. You're, you're right. You're, yeah, you're right. You say, mate. It's like when you go Millwall, you know, regardless of where you're from, where your background is, how much you earn, what you look like, it doesn't matter. It's everyone's there to support Millwall. Everyone's there to have a sing song, have a beer, enjoy yourself. And it doesn't matter what background you're from. Anyone's welcome to Millwall. It's just obviously. Not for the faint-hearted anyway, but that's not the point, really. It's, it's a place where you've got a fire. And back to the point where you guys said about, um, like, obviously, turning your nose up at the BBC interview there. Um, the club, I think, what I was going to say earlier, like, it seems like since Steve Cabinet's coming in particular, um, at least within, we're always going to have a negative press from outside and people that don't know Bill, but it does feel like there's a positive image within the club that, you know, they're trying their best to combat it and obviously fight back, really, and obviously take it by the scruff of the neck. No, exactly. Look, coming towards, let's uh, look at wrapping this up to a degree. Two further points what um, we're going. The regen isn't over. It hasn't won yet. Um, AMS done a blinding job, obviously, getting us to where we are. And, and again, with the club moving in the way. Um, so we're looking now at uh, a new lease agreement with Lewisham. 
um, which will be a new negotiation. But the club plans or the club's drawings, what are out there, uh, we need the plans and we need to see there. What's your views on, on where we are now to where we were, believe it or not, six years ago when I started AMS, Paul Turner, um, to where we are now, very different, um, you know, What's your views on on where we are now with that? Hello? Yeah, of course. I, 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 was waiting, I, I was waiting for Ivan. I was going to give him the give him the sound out. But uh, yeah, no, listen, we've 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 come a very long way. Um, it, it did look a little bit rugby a, a little while back. We we thought that uh, you know we was going to have to move out again. You know, the old den, the new den, and the, what you would have called it, the new new den, with it. I, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, no, we've come a long way. I've seen the plans. Uh, not too sure, if I'm honest. Is you know, in my opinion, let's sit on the fence on that one. I mean, a lot of people say that uh, you know, Mill was a, a bit of a shell, but it's our shell, Mick, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I think mean, you know, it took me a while to get used to to it. I was I was young, so I only went to an handful of games down the old end. But you know, what a stadium and, and, and what a, a footballing day out that was! It was unreal. We'd never be beaten. So it took us a while to get used to the, the new den, but you know, it's become our own over, over you know over twenty five years now. So uh, I'm not too sure what I think about that one. Um, I mean, what it screams out to me is that the club's got ambition. That's the only thing I take from it because, you know, we don't fill the ground now at the moment, you know, with a 20,000 capacity crowd. And they want to take it up to 34, I've seen in the plans. So for, for me, if they're going to do that, there must be that in, the, in the, the backdrop with a little bit of ambition there to, to one day in the near future play in the Premier League. And, uh, you know, I suppose that's what we all want. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of new builds possibly going to be coming into the area um, around. I mean, Omar, what's your, what's your view? Because obviously you've got the connection to that area with um, obviously with your dad and that um, working where he works. I mean, what's you know how I know that obviously Millwall Cafe has been sold, but it's still going to be there for the for the while. But I mean, what's your views on on all of this now? Looking a lot rosier than what it did say six years ago. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, you mentioned it when you guys done the AMS, we stuck it short of a rifle, mate. And, um, like, considering where it was, you know, it did look dead and buried at one point, and we did manage to turn around. And it's nice that it, the club seems to be the forefront of all ideas now, and it's important. I think, is it, is it needed? Not necessarily. It's kind of, I guess, put upon us, but it, it can only be a good thing. I think, obviously, you don't, what you don't want to do is do away from the middle routes. You know, you don't want to try and be too poncy, I guess is the right word. Um, you know, you want to stick to what we're all about, really. But, I mean, it's only a good thing. It's, like I echo, it's only our ambition there. Um, and, yeah, I mean, obviously, it does have an impact on the surrounding area at the moment. But, I mean, let's be honest, the surrounding area is, it does need a bit of a revival. And, obviously, being the closest club to the city of London, you know, maybe it's our chance to try and capitalise and get a bit more fan base and grow the club, but obviously keep our roots. No, I agree. Finishing up then with um, one point, what was hit on with Barney um, to a degree is if this, um, going back to what we started with the beginning really, with the coronavirus, um, if it does continue and obviously the potential financial impact it has on football clubs, do you think that possibly or maybe Millwall needs to look at um, maybe reintroducing something like the Lions card um, to... to Ask for people to invest into the club. We've given them something back long term. Uh, I think we're quite. I don't know. I, I'd like to think we're quite sensibly balanced on the barrel sin, right? But never. It's probably a downfall sometimes. But people are saying, why don't we spend the money when we have the chance to? Sometimes, but I think as a club, we're quite. Or we live within our means, but we, you know, we're, we're not afraid to spend the money when we need to. But I think we're a self-sufficient club almost, and. Um, Obviously, you know, we've got our assets within the club as well, our players that are worth five, six, seven, eight million, a couple of them. Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be, get to that desperate size for a club like us. You probably look at a bigger club in the division and maybe the likes of Derby. Obviously, they had the little financial constraints and slapping the rest of the EFL. I mean, you've got to worry about bigger clubs like us spending 70, 80 grand a week on wages. So, I, I don't think, I think we're, we're around well enough not to worry about stuff like that, personally. Right, Lee, what's your views? You can probably remember the Lion card. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember it, maybe. Yeah, Mick. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I was right. Obviously, John, you know, John Belson is, uh, has been a, an absolute uh, godsend as, as, as a chairman, as, a, as an owner. You know, you only got to look down the road what's happening at Charlton again down there, which we're all kind of laughing about at the moment. And you, 
it kind of uh, you, know, you thank your blessings for for John. You know, we, we we do lose a lot of money. Um, so um, we made profit last year. In his pocket. First year we made What's profit. That, First year last year we made yeah. profit three hundred grand. Yeah, and, and, and look at all the seasons, but you know that, that we've lost money before that. You know, he's it, it, covered them losses, and you know, people would turn around and say, obviously he's transferred those into shares, but. As Adam said, you know he's running on a on a good footing, and um, you know we haven't mentioned it yet, but we seem to have some uh, some wealthy backers in terms of the sponsorship deal we got going down there. When's the last time we see Millwall you know, paying a long term sponsorship contract? You know we 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 normally do twelve month deals with with local firms, and you know it's uh, it's been great over the past uh, as well those companies, but you know it seems to have got a big interest in Millwall. Not a bit of clout about them, so hopefully, you know, if uh, I, you know, you, it does, you know, push on our time. I do. Then, I, uh, I agree that the sponsorship is great. I don't think they are our new um, or potential new owner. Um, definitely not now. They signed a four-year deal. I think it's going to be great all round that the fact that we'll probably be able to have shirts out earlier now than what we've done because we're not fighting to get the sponsorship, etc., etc., etc. I do think that they're great that they've invested in the women's side of the football as well with the shirts. I do think it's great that they've put a lump sum into the community trust um, and sponsoring them quite heavily um, and supporting them quite heavily. But again, you know, they are a sponsor. Yes, they are. They are a fairly new company into the arena, but they do seem to have. I mean, their owner is, you know, is worth um, is worth billions. Um, you know, literally, the American is worth billions. But they are sponsoring McLaren. They are sponsoring F one teams, and you don't do that with a little bit of money. Um, so you know, potentially, the money invested into Millwall is a drop in the ocean to them. Again, we don't know how sponsorship deals work. Um, you know, are they, you know, lump sum? Are they paid over, you know, so much per month, depending on this, that, everything else? I don't know how it works, but I agree with you. I think the investment side of it is fantastic. The fact that, you know, they only come in to buy a couple of season tickets, so the story was. Uh, they found out about the club after Roy Lana um, and liked Roy Lana's attitude of fuck you on Millwall. Um, and they come in to buy a season ticket um, or a couple of season tickets and then they got shown the boxes and decided that they've they purchased the two centre boxes and knocked them into one. So they've got the largest box there. Um, they use it every week. They take people in there. They bring clients to Millwall. So I think, you know, they are a fantastic sponsor um, and they are a good great group of lads there as well. So I think... Looking forward, and we can if we can keep hold of them, then yeah, I think you know sponsorship wise they are a, a fantastic sponsor. I think the LEDs etc etc are good for us now going forward, and I think that commercially, um, you know Steve is is good driving the commercial. Obviously Stuart Locks there as well, but I think that you know I think the team doing well will help drive the sponsorship as well. I think that will make it a lot easier. So, just before we end, two final thoughts. Lee, you go first, then um, final thought of this whole stuff or, or something positive about Millwall. Leave that to you. And then, obviously, once Lee's done, take your bit on then, Omar. So, uh, Lee, your final thought. Yeah, just hoping that, you know, if there is a bit of panic at the start of the season, that we can something then give us your uh, your word of wisdom
Um, you know, it's there for us. And, you know, I do feel positive about Gary Rowett in charge. I do hope that we can continue the season and obviously get towards the end of it. Obviously, the importance is obviously being safe, everyone being healthy. But, you know, it's there's reason to be positive about the club and hopefully we can kick on and, you know, see where we end up in a couple of years' time. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, gents, for joining. Omar, my partner in crime, we will be back um, with another show within the next week or two, um, putting the world to rights and, and just talking complete and utter bollocks as normal. Uh, we're going to end this now with uh, these two gents. We're deeply concerned, both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. New message. Hey, girlfriend, it's Carol from Jury Duty. We never actually spoke, but I saw you ordered the same hoagie as me at lunch. What are the chances? Anywho, I heard you just got a boat. We should totally grab some hoagies and take it out for a spin. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's ride on your boat. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. With bills to pay and debt piling up, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Personal loans through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track financially if eligible. Our secure application process allows you to customize the terms that work for you and your budget. So check your eligibility today without affecting your credit score and help get your finances back on track. NetCredit, a more personal, personal loan. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com partners for more information. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.